the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, a whole lot of stuff going on this week, but we're going to keep it kind of short, hit the hit the big notes. Uh, this is Bridget here with Eric, and we'll have Rodrigo here shortly. Uh, what's what's going on over there eric how's we have we have bigotes on as well always he he, he is the is the ghost host oh i like that the ghost host <laughs> the ghost co-host um bridget let's let's start with the uh u.s women's national team really quick uh winning their lawsuit pretty big pretty historic uh, i mean at this point it's a little bit old news so we don't spend a lot of time on it but uh 24 million dollars but more importantly we're talking about equal pay finally after, after all this time um let you take it yeah so um it feels like a really long time ago but it was just earlier this week that uh it was announced that they finally reached an agreement with the u.s soccer federation um so you know we've been talking about the the equal pay lawsuit for quite some time and this was a settlement of uh millions of dollars uh which is I mean, it'll help cover uh, back pay for the players who played World Cup um, and weren't getting paid nearly what they should have. Uh, but the biggest portion of this is an agreement that on the next collective bargaining agreement, the women's side will be making uh, equal pay with the men. Um, and this also goes into, you know, some of the the other equity measures, uh, similar to what we've seen from NWSL in that CBA, um, considering uh, you know facilities and and uh, equal treatment in all respects. So uh, we saw a lot of if, if you turned on national news earlier in the week before other national things happened, um, you may have seen Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan and Cindy Parlocone. Uh, doing the talk show circuit, um, talking about what this means for uh, basically the future of women's soccer. I mean, they they got their back pay, they got what they were owed by the by uh, U.S. Soccer, but um, the biggest thing for them was to uh, set up future players um, for success 100%. and, and yep. to make it realistic for uh, youth soccer to you know make that pathway into um into the national team and that's a huge thing for the sport in the u.s um and you know just developmental wise it may, it just gives players something else to aspire to and, and make it more realistic uh that they could go that route and they could um you know actually not be sacrificing so much just to continue playing on the national level well said well said. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, let's go to, we had uh, MLS opening uh, week yesterday and, and continuing today, uh, about a month earlier than normal, well, close to a month because of the World Cup and everything as well. 
But let's let's briefly touch on Minnesota United, who actually kicked everything off, which is kind of cool. Very first match in Philadelphia. It was noon our time here. Any big surprises here on the lineup? Amarilla gets the start, which I think a lot of us were kind of predicting. Um, I'm going to ask you all to tell me who Fisher is. I don't know who this guy is, and and they and they wrote him wrong on the uh, on the chart. Like they put him on the left, and he was actually on the right. So Dubasi was actually on the left, Fisher on the right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they they have Ariaga and Dotson on the wrong side here as well. Right. Um, yeah. They the, the Fatmat blew this one pretty good. Fatmat <laughs> uh, screwed us. <laughs> yeah, uh, O'Neill Fisher is the uh, veteran player that we picked up from Galaxy uh, last month. He's kind of made the rounds of MLS. Um, he's, I mean, he's defensive depth, and I don't think anyone expected to need him you know, game one of the season. Right. Uh, but, you know, Gasper on the left side out with the concussion. So Debasi. Uh, that's what it is. Um, Ramon Metnair, not quite ready with the hamstring. So Fisher drops in for him. Uh, I mean, there were no surprises up front. Amarija, Fraga, Ray, yeah. and Lude. Um, I think the big one was Ariaga coming in. Uh, right. Will Trapp nursing a hip injury as well. Um, so I think, you know, we expected to see uh, Trap on the left, Dotson on the right, and instead Dotson goes left and Kervin Argiaga comes in um, to make his debut. And I think the interesting thing was that almost didn't happen. Um, on the broadcast, they were saying that his paperwork was actually approved by the league, like as the team was taking the pitch for warmups. Holy smoke. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> like he wasn't, he wasn't sure to be in the 18 because um, they weren't sure that they would get his paperwork in time and, and have the visa approved and all of that. That's um, crazy. I did not but, know that. Wow. Yeah. So, so Bongi actually could have gotten a start um, and kind of had that front, the front kind of shifted around a little bit to fill in that hole. But, yeah. And then Don Lottie also had like a, th- yeah, Don Lottie had a thigh and injury, yeah, too. Yeah, so. yeah, there were like five guys on the injury sheet. Yeah, um, it's it's amazing how we go through like preseason without like any injury, and then we go through like the last training session, and boom, everything. Yeah, pretty much, and and Heath was talking about that after the game too, just being like, yeah, I don't. We had a really good preseason, and then suddenly everyone's like just dropping, and uh, you know, we have depth. We'll make it work. And, yeah. and thankfully, we do have that depth now. Um, right. I mean, it's nice to have depth for once, and actually, actually have yeah. depth, right? And I mean, I mean, the game wasn't fantastic, but considering that you know the entire back line is totally mixed up. I mean, Box on Common yep. Miller back there, um, but but there's so many question marks going into it that I think uh, everyone should know by now. It ended as a one-one draw. Um, we've seen quite a few games with lineups like this where we're kind of throwing it together, filling those gaps last minute. Uh, and we have it, you know, not work out so well. So it, it wasn't yeah. great, um, but it was also significantly better than I expected. I think the more I think about the game, the better I think it went. I know there's plenty of people who are saying, oh, that was, you know, so many things went wrong. There were so many, you know, bad plays and mistakes and things that went wrong. No, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's a good assessment. And you kind of hinted that hinted at this already, but I, I just, I repeated all the intercepted passes and loss of possessions specifically like in the midfield and the back, which was kind of 
which goes exactly to what you were saying with everybody injured and bringing in these new people. But then the attack, the attack looked pretty dope, actually. It looked pretty yeah. sharp, which yeah. I did not expect. <laughs> so <laughs> I was kind of flipped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it's everything that everyone was wanting to see. You know, you, you mm -hmm. have Freynoso, you have Loot playing on the right. Uh, and then you finally have Amarisha back and and being that spearhead up, up top. But once again, I mean, Striker Island is a thing and is very clearly not limited to the Striker. There's something else happening here. Um, but but uh, so many good chances. And, yeah. and just... Some, Started early, like not even in the first minute. Amadia is like, let's go. Yeah, like straight yeah, to goal. Right away off the crossbar and um you know they were they were finding space for all the mess in in the midfield and and kind of on those transitions into the offense it mm -hmm. it actually i mean once they got into the final third things looked okay which is yeah a, a total 180 from where we were last season where things looked great until they got to the final third right yeah i mean i Let's thought talk about the overall, goal oh, go ahead Ruder. no i was just gonna say i think overall like once we found out who was coming out, I had, I had a, I had a question as to what Ariaga, because we barely seen what Ariaga was gonna was, has done in a sense, right? Like, like is, is Dotson right? He's like, is he is he the is he the six? Who's the six? Who's the eight? Right? And I think the reason that you know as uh, as as Bridget mentioned, Dotson played on the left is because you had Fragapane who likes to cut in, and you have Fisher who hasn't really played that much. So from the get go. Like I was trying to see which of these two players is going to be the one that's 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 adding on to the attack, and of course it's Ariaga, which then made me understand more and more why Dotson was more on that left and playing that mm -hmm. that six. And I think overall, for me, I thought that um, our defense, you know, had his had his issues. The bossy, you know, should not be playing on, as as a as a left back or right back in any kind yeah. of sense, right? Uh, I think for the majority of the of the of the of the first half, um, you saw Fisher and Debasi going up too much, and then having to understand how to cover that space in between, um, that created some of those opportunities. I mean, this is a really good deep Philadelphia team. Like, I mean, like, yeah. and and we knew that they were going to try to 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 get this on that, and so to be able to have um, a transition team, like. Our transitions this year are going to be extremely deadly once everyone gets going. And if people thought it's exciting to see what we've happened at this first game, imagine when we're playing, I don't know, a Houston or imagine we're playing Austin, right? Or Cincinnati again, right? I mean, it's going to be one of these where like, it's going to be, you know, really open and transition. We are going to be extremely dangerous. And I think that's one of the things that, that I really liked. I also, you know, thought that, um, Dotson didn't get enough credit for the work that he did. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were like, it was quiet, which well. which is kind of the good thing. I mean, right. You know, I mean, that's a six. That's what you want. Yeah. I yep. mean, a yep. transition, Ariaga took the ball and he was like, I'm dribbling. Right. And I saw a lot of dribbling, which I liked. I mean, Dotson did the same thing. He dribbled the ball when he wanted to, but he was directing traffic. He was trying to stop transition movements. He was physically, he was being physical. I, I that's all I can ask for someone who step it into a role that they that they weren't designed to, to do that. And I think that's that, that that's fair. I think the, the one one tie was fair, but let's um let's talk about that goal, right? I mean 23rd minute, Robin Lud, first goal yeah. of the season, of the entire season. Uh 
Fragapani takes it up uh, on the left flank there. Nice cross. It actually looks like it's meant for Amaria, and he's. I think he's a little yeah, bit he, a, ahead of it, isn't he? No, he dummy yeah, did. He was. Well, oh, you yeah, you giving him the credit? I'm giving him the credit because when, when he when he came in, listen. How many times have we talked on this podcast that we want our, our attackers to go into the box, go towards yeah. in, and then get the ball back out to the 20 or someone is making that run? That doesn't happen yeah. if Amar if Amarilla stays put waiting for that ball, that those two defenders are still with him. If Amarilla three, three, whatever, three. how many there were, how many he had, he, him moving closer to the ball opened up the space that Robin Lube yes. was able to take in. And do that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I give him That's credit the main for, point for, I had there. To, to, to create that space. I also think that. This game for Reynoso was really – this is the Reynoso I want to see in a sense, right? Like he wasn't so much pressured. And this is a team that presses. Like this is a team that has youth and they can send press. And he was comfortable, right? And I think the fact that he had an Ariaga, he had a Dotson, he had all, all his weapons, oh, and Amarilla, all his weapons, like, oh, he's like, I can, I can go. Because that play started all the way up on our side of the end. When when Reynoso got fouled, so it was a quick restart. <laughs> just got the ball back out that way. So, yeah, and nice. I think yeah, I think just the fact that you know normally we're seeing Ray take, you know, everyone's hacking at his ankles every single game last last season, yep. um, because he is the guy, and that's that's who you're gonna foul. Um, and to see, I mean, there was some of that, but it was quite a bit more kind of equal opportunity fouls across the squad. Um, from Philly, which says a lot for uh, the potential that we have in this midfield in this attack. Um, Correct. That we no longer have that target man. Like there's a few who um, are getting the work done, uh, and he, yeah, he was fully comfortable, kind of orchestrating that midfield, taking some pressure off the other guys, uh, allowing Amaria to make those runs. Um, allowing Lube to find those spaces as well. So, uh, yep. Left foot buries it. Yeah. A lot stuff. of those plays would not have happened without him. And, and Lude was able to, to find those spaces and, and, and get to the ball. Yeah. Um, that was probably my the, favorite goal of the, of the whole game. I think so. it's great. Great. Uh, yeah. Big, big credit once again to Amaria for, like you said, he's bringing that attention and, you know, Three people are going. Three people are going to cover him. Well, we got other people that can shoot, which is which is a good thing to have. <laughs> um, Thirty-six minute. Burke gets one back for uh, for Philly. Uh, Glasnes just beautiful, beautiful cross that he he puts away. Um, I'm burning through this. I don't want to spend too much time. You guys will you guys will dissect it on your fifty-five-one party over there. Uh, Ariaga has. It's the only the, game we talk about, so yeah, I think we kind of have to. Yep, Ariaga uh, gets the 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 uh, the post. Uh, great shot, Travi there, and Lud almost puts it in with another volley. That was that was a fun moment. Um, I'm gonna blow through here to the 70th minute. Let me ask you guys. Divasi takes down. I don't even know who it was, but but we get, we get the fun. Everybody to the center, push and shove, push and shove. PK or no PK? No. No. No PK. Okay. It wasn't easy. I mean, it, it wasn't intentional, and it was, uh, it was just kind of a mess in there. And I think if you're calling a PK every time, there's kind of a cluster in the in the 18. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, gets dangerous. But no, I, we I, get some bongi. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's like is it it's like early in the first part of the game too? Uh, Boxel 
because yeah. he's taller, like literally level elbow. elbow. Whack. <laughs> it was, like usually the elbow goes out, but this is this one came like up and out. He went up this way, yep. and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's it's the short guy's fault for having exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's. it's, <laughs> it's it's hey man, stop short. running into my elbow. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, we got we get Hunu in, and more importantly, Bongi makes his appearance in the 78th. Do, do we have any South African commentary for you two that are on the the bird box, bird app thing? Uh, oh, there was just a lot of finally we see our man, and and the club posted a lot of pictures of him as well um, to kind of fuel nice. that. But, yeah, I thought he it. did a decent job. I mean, I, I think overall, like, um, you know, you got to give him time and you got to give him place. And I'm actually, you know, this is, this is, you know, they actually played some of the youth, which I was really interested. Yeah. In, in I, I noticed yeah. his speed. That, that dude was fast. He's fast. He's fast. Yeah. And he also, he also can split people. He's not afraid of dribbling at people. When you split those right. two defenders, I was like, oh my God, is he going to shoot? And if you would have, if Bongi would have scored, I, I, I think oh. whole South Africa would have just, yeah. <laughs> yep. Beat us the but comments. I, I mean, I think up until that point, you know, it kind of it was obvious that they had kind of settled. Like, okay, we'll take a point. Let's let's hold out, but we'll keep trying. But he comes in. Uh, Uno comes in uh, shortly after, uh, and I think just having the fresh legs and and having Bongi willing to make those runs, um, I think it suddenly it kind of switched from like settling to a point for a point to like, hey, let's let's try to get one more. Uh, Bridget, that's a perfect segue. 92nd minute, um, Blake has an unbelievable save off of a lewd flick to a one-time to Hunu that just, it looks like it's going in, and then Superman dives, Superman save. I mean, that would have been the game winner. Fingertips over the posts. Yeah. And and, uh, there's a lot of people who didn't like the fact that uh, Hunu decided not to take an extra touch. And I actually disagree. I think... Oh, we've he seen blasted that thing. It was yeah, I, th- I think I think I think Unu last year took too many touches, and we talked about That's, that. Yeah, last season we were talking about him. Like, why don't you just one time it, one time it, one time right. it? Now he one times it, and everyone's. Yeah, made I mean, it. he took a touch, and he saw the pressure coming. It was a beautiful ball, and he was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna let it go." And I'm fine with 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 him taking shots. I was like, I'm fine with Amaria took a shot just like that, and I was like, I was like, I'd rather you guys be shooting. Then trying to take that other ball and being dispossessed. And I think for Amarilla, he needs to, he's going to get more comfortable, but he needs to be more selfish. There is a point in where he had a ball and then he tried to pass it, pass it off to a running. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was on the Yeah. And and that that point, just take it and then just shoot. If it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, fine. There was once, too, where nobody was there. He just shot it and he passed it off and it just rolled. Yep. <laughs> there there are several opportunities like that. And I think that's the thing. It's like we created opportunities. This offense and this is what we when I when I talk about depth and I when I say depth, I mean like like for like substitution. Not like, you know, we take up Unu and bring in I don't know, Fernando Adi, right? Like the the, the production just drops, right? That's callback. Yep. <laughs> you know, like that here we have the opportunity where you have two players that are competing for a spot. And so they're going to bring that kind of thing onto the whole thing. Right. So I think that's one of the things that I, I, I really enjoyed is just having kind of like for like substitutions. Right. When, yeah. um, when Bongi came in, he was a like for like substitution. I think overall, um, you know, bringing in 
like like substitution to having that depth to be able to have that really makes makes things more uh, more competitive and and more like that. And I mean, I I give Tyler Miller like his credit being his first game, but I felt that 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 Philadelphia goal. I thought he had that ball when he came out. I don't know if it was because of the sun or what that was or whatever it is, or whatever you want to refer to it. Um, but he just really missed that one. And if he would have gotten even a fingertip out for that, that totally would have not gone in. So it's a one-one tie against what the second or third best team in the East from last year. I mean, yeah. it feels yeah. fine. It feels fine. Um, I put in here kind of a W with. Go ahead. It's the first point we've taken in Philadelphia. And it's, it's actually the first time that Philly has even scored in a home opener, I believe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's to start the season against a team like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take 1-1. One, one. Particularly considering last year, last season's start. Right. I mean, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, I put it here, it almost feels like a W. Fragapani gets through, no racisms, no homophobias. I mean, that's, that's a good thing, right? We take it. <laughs> not, not doing the racisms or homophobias. No, wonderful no allegations win yes yes correct um we can burn through the rest of some of these other uh matches that happen a big win for columbus 4-0 over vancouver we've got to mention lafc 3-0 over colorado with the vela hat trick carlos vela appears to be back which is great for the league and mm. terrible for minnesota united uh, i don't know i i felt and, Colin acosta was balling too and i think that's the reason sure. that a lot of stuff happened whole team so. But, you know, LAFC looks scary. Uh, Dallas and Toronto tie 1-1. Austin FC, like, trying to flex. 5-0 over Cincinnati. <laughs> God, we will was, not be the wooden so spoon. <laughs> I felt so bad for Cincinnati fans. Like, literally, like, you're like, every year you start with, you know, like, this year's going to be better. We're going to do better this time. And then you start off and get kicked. Oh, gosh. I just yep. don't know. Yep. Like Making Matthew McConaughey dance. He loved it. Yeah, uh, DC United again uh, gets gets a big win, three 0 over the new, newcomers Charlotte, uh, Miami, and Chicago tie. And Bridget, this is yours. San Jose hosts the New York Red Bulls. It's a one to three final, but that's not the narrative we talk about on this program. Please, that's our that's our Frankie. Um, oh, that game was so given. much fun. Yeah, I think it was the second goal where he had his classic, you know, just watch the ball go in behind him. And shrug his arms. Um, <laughs> and he, I believe the third goal as well was pretty similar. Oh, never stops. Typical. Never stops. Always yeah. Calvo, never change. I felt like San Jose was like, he, they were like my team to pick because they have a Bobacy and then they have trophies. I mean, that goal by trophies was, was beautiful. But overall, it was like, if they're gonna really play with this three man back and having Cabo there, like this is this, and like the Jackson Jew was playing center back at one point, it looked like. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, what is going on out there? And I was like, and like no one's like it looks like the man mark is not existing anymore because they just all they needed to do was just counter. And then that's it. <laughs> I think one of the uh, one of the tweets I saw, it might have been Tom Bogart said like no man marking, just vibes. Because they were, they were just kind of hanging out, like, okay, well, you know, the ball comes near us, we'll take it. Um, yeah, really, uh, that's that's going to be interesting. They were same here, like one of my teams to watch, and uh, 
I don't know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not well, it's not first game is not looking great. Um, but Matias Almeida was goals, wearing though. the Matias Matias Almeida was wearing the the tan peacoat with like the <laughs> blue pants and the slacks and the tie. He he looked like he was like going to a business meeting or going to an interview. So who knows which one he's really doing. Um, let's go to this Portland, uh, New England match that was on regular Fox. I really enjoyed what, what I saw. I had a little bit of an interruption. Um, the Portland pink ish, uh, my, my partner had a better name for that color. I can't remember what she said, but Salmon. The, I, maybe. Yeah. Beautiful. That is one of the coolest kits I've ever seen. It is such a cool, cool kit. The color, the, the roses. Love it. It's awesome. Um, but the match was also super, super fun. Uh, we already talked about this with Coach Matt. Uh, Brandon By, Minneapolis City product, of course, uh, gets a great, great goal. Only to be outdone, uh, Rodrigo. Diego Chara, 78th minute, lights it up with a bike. Are you kidding? What a beautiful goal. Was it, was it Diego or was it, was it Jimmy? I thought it was Jimmy. One of the Charas, right? I guess that's what we're trying to say, right? You know? Um you know that's what we do, but no, that that I mean, he had so much space. Gorgeous, on that gorgeous, gorgeous. Kick. And that bicycle, he had so much space. I I was wondering what happened, and I was like, but yeah, he was all alone out there. I know it's 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 you know reminding me a lot of when like you know, uh, when the Lewins would defend uh, Rui Diaz on corner sets, the like corner pieces. So that was really interesting. So they just yep, left him wide yep. out there. Yeah, it was, was fun. Great match. Go ahead, Bridget. I was gonna say it was Jimmy. Sure. You mean, yeah. yeah. Two two tie. Um, fun one. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a really good one, I think, for, for a prime time slot to have that kind of a goal. I mean, get out of here. And then and then like we talked about Brandon By getting national attention, doing his thing. Awesome. Um, let's just go straight into international since we've we've been on here for a while with well with the other uh, special that we'll release. Um, we had the Super Copa in Brazil, which is the Copa do Brasil winner versus the uh, Serie A winner, which is Atletico Mineiro versus Flamengo. They tied 2-2. Uh, Atletico wins on penalties, 8-7. They're going to flip it. They'll do a home and away. So um, I can't remember when, when the next one is earlier this week. Uh, but, you know, superstars doing superstar things. Hulky scores. Uh, Gabi Gol scores. So, I mean, they, they gave the people what they wanted. They put on a good show. Uh, we'll see who wins that thing. Let's jump to Champions League. We've got Chelsea and Lille. Uh, Bridget, your pal Pulisic scores in the 63rd. <laughs> Sorry, it was easy. <laughs> this is right there. Not, not my pal. Uh, but yeah, of course he scored. Just played. We'll, we'll talk about Chelsea again in a little bit in, in much more uh, serious terms. Uh, Viotal, uh tie Juventus 1-1. And, and the narrative there is McKinney gets injured. I, I can't remember what the injury was, but it sounds like he's going to be out for a couple more of these, uh, these foot, qualifiers. Foot fracture, I believe. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's no good. That's no good for Team USA. Um, on the other side, the following day, got uh, Atletico Madrid versus Man United. Sweet, sweet Tifo. I, I put that up all over the place. The Vuel Atleti, good stuff. Early goal from Juan Felix, and then uh, Man U were able to tie it up. Benfica and Ajax tie 2-2. Man, this Benfica crest is like the most fashy crest out there, isn't it? It's got like the, the eagle on top thing. I mean, that is like some straight. It's like a hood ornament. <laughs> But it looks like it's like um, should be on a Nazi uniform, is what it looks like. That too, but it also looks like it should be in a car hood ornament that you rip off, right? I mean, back in the days, I'm not saying I'm not saying I did it as a teenager, right? Like 
you know. Ah, uh, but I, 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 I heard, I heard that's a, the allegedly, 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 <laughs> allegedly. Uh, Ch- Concacaf Champions League CCL, uh, New, New England smacked down this uh, the, the Haitian team. I think they actually forfeited six <laughs> nil aggregate. Um, Leon beats uh, Guastatoya three one or three nil aggregate rather. Uh, following day got NYCFC four nil over Santos de Guapiles. That's that's six nil aggregate. And the big one here, Montreal, they're down 1-0 from Santos. They host. They go 3-0 with a win for a 3-1 aggregate. Montreal survives. That is, that's a beautiful story there. Love that. Big win. Um, the sad one, uh, uh, Colorado hosts Comunicaciones. They win the match 1-0, but that leads to the tie, which goes all the way to penalties. And in the snow, uh, Comunicaciones actually wins to move on. Too bad. Uh, Pumas, co- yeah. they already Colorado have a pretty good lead on Deportivo. No, they can't. Uh, 6-3 aggregate. Pumas win this one 4-1, so Pumas are moving on as well. Anything there? I'll take a, I'll take a breather. No, no. I, I just, you know, Colorado is not in a good point right now, and that's really sad because it lost, lost, lost here and it lost to LAFC like drastically. So yep. It's like... yep, it's true. Uh, Cruz Azul, they're moving on. They win 3-1 with a 4-1 aggregate over Forge from Canada. Uh, Seattle, they, they were coming off a nil-nil tie with uh, Motagua. They get it done in a huge way, 5-0 for the 5-0 aggregate. And I put this one in just to see the spread of goals from Lodero, Roldan, Morris, Rowe, Chu. Like, I, I'm amazed that the keeper didn't score. I mean, everybody was getting a goal. <laughs> just like, keep it moving. Let, let Fry get in there. Let him blast one from midfield. Why not? Um, so, I mean, you look at this. There's really good. MLS representation here moving into the quarterfinals, which awesome. You take it. Um, yeah. What else we got? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say if Dati stays, then I think there's a chance that, you know, we might have uh, like an MLS type final maybe, but it all depends if like NYCFC can hold on to Dati or people just don't want to pay the Dati money, but. Yeah, I'm curious what the bracket's going to look like for the uh, for the quarters here, how that's all going to line up. Um, we got Comebol Recopa. That's your Libertadores versus uh, Sudamericana champs. So Atletico Paranaense for Sudamericana and Palmeiras. And they also tie 2-2. That will be a home and away there. Um, Premier League, Bridget, this one's mostly for you. Mo Salah doing amazing things with a with – a, uh, oh, they both got braces, Salah and Mane, 6-0 over Leeds, right? Yep. Come on. <laughs> and that and that puts them, what, like three points away from uh, from Man City? Uh, let me check real quick. I think that's right. I think they're just, I think they're just a win away now. But more importantly, awesome. right, um, the embarrassment defeat for Leeds means that now Jesse Marsh is now the, the interim coach for um for leads i believe right because um what does it be is it what was the other coach last name but yeah it looks like that yeah bielsa yeah they're out really Literally. yep mm-hmm. so. interesting uh yeah so the current top four city was 66 liverpool was 60 uh but chelsea's now a full 10 points behind liverpool man united 47 there you go um so much has happened uh, 
with the situation in, in Ukraine with Russia and I don't spend too much time on it, but there's some interesting things to kind of put out here with connections to the football world. I, I cannot recommend enough the last two Men in Blazers episodes. It's mostly just Roger by himself um, analyzing the situation. His, his family, I believe, like a couple generations back, uh, were from that area. They, I think his great-grandparents, grandparents, somewhere around there survived the pogroms and immigrated from there to England. So he's very as you can imagine, invested in everything that's happening there. Um, and so, man, he just really lets it, it's, they're very different tones and, it, and it's really well done. He, he's, he's questioning all the, the Russian money. He's questioning UEFA and FIFA's ties to all the Russian money and what's going to happen with champions. Well, we know that now. What's going to happen with, uh, with World Cup and all these things. It, I can't recommend them enough. There's two, the last two episodes, please go listen to them. They're really good. Um, so thank you for that, Roger. I know you're listening. <laughs> he actually did respond on email, which was nice. <laughs> it's cool that he knows we exist. Um, yeah. So where do we begin here? Um, we were talking about the St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg Champions League final being extremely problematic, to, the, to say the least. That was on Monday. By Thursday, I believe it was, we learned that it's going to be moved to the Stade de France, uh, just outside of Paris. Um, which oh, is man. a good move. I've, I've actually been to that stadium and it's a beautiful stadium, but I mean, more importantly, it, it shows the message that UEFA is actually going to do something. Go ahead. Yeah. And they, they had scheduled, I think they said on Thursday morning that they had scheduled a meeting for Friday to discuss options. Um, but shortly after that announcement, they did uh, announce the move of that final, um, yep. which says that they're, you know, they weren't just going to sit around and wait and hash it out. They they took the steps right away. Uh, right. And there's quite a few sponsors and and clubs with Russian sponsors who are now making those moves as well. But thank you for that, Bridget. You you teed up a nice segue into Chelsea, essentially. Um, the owner being Abramovich, who is kind of a Putin stooge and an oligarch. And there's even... Uh, there's even rumors that he was ordered by Putin to buy the team and, and get into the EPL and the English market and start just throwing his millions and billions of dollars around doing whatever he can do. Um, obviously, there was some, some you know, well-placed uh, anger towards him and the money. And there's other teams as well, let's be clear. It's not just Chelsea. Um, and so we then come, come to find this happened just yes, yeah, just yesterday, I think, right? Where he basically says that uh, blah blah blah, he, he's 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 giving up his ownership and giving it to the, uh, the the Chelsea Charitable Foundation as stewardship for the club. Now, whatever that's gonna look like, I'm not exactly sure, but it sounds like he's trying to kind of get ahead of things a little bit, and just be like, this is gonna go bad for me no matter what, so I'm just gonna like take a big step back. I mean. Props to him for recognizing that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, other piece of this I was going to mention is, as you two are well aware, and I think a lot of our listeners, um, Shakhtar Donetsk is like basically a Brazilian state away from Brazil in terms of all their players. There's, I can't even remember how many Brazilians play there. And Dynamo Kiev as well has a few. And so the, the big question was when the bomb started to fall, I mean, obviously it, it's, the general population is fleeing in an absolutely horrific 
humanitarian situation. Um, these Brazilians are also like, what the hell? Like, it was, it was nice to get those paychecks a few years ago, but like, there goes my house. It's up in flames. What, what, what's going to happen to us? Um, and I probably don't have to uh, go into great detail of uh, Bolsonaro's relationship with Putin. It's very cozy. And he didn't do anything to any, any of his folks that are there, any of these players. And as of yesterday, this is like the big news. They took it upon themselves to essentially, they, they rented out two huge buses. I, I posted a video or a, a picture, at least on, on the Instagram. And all of the Brazilian players from those two teams, from Shakhtar and Dinamo, they all packed into the buses, grabbed whatever they could, grabbed their families, and they are all, all rolling off to uh, Romania right now. So no help from the government. Not surprising. They just said, we got to get out of here. So we're going to do this on our own. Um, and then we've started to see all the different reactions within the footballing community. There's been more than the ones that I just got in here, but we saw um, Milanovsky, Milanovsky, I think is how you pronounce it, for Atalanta in the Europa League. He scores a goal for At Atalanta, and then off comes the jersey, and he's got a No War with Ukraine t-shirt there. Uh, pretty powerful. Uh, Manchester United and Watford yesterday. Uh, Man U coach actually comes out with, it, it was, it was kind of cute. It looked like like a seven-year-old kind of designed the no war and had a whole bunch of languages on it and what was a really cool gesture was it started just with man U, and then i'm not sure who it was that signaled over the watford players but then like both teams join in the center there for i don't know they held it for maybe a minute or two pretty cool pretty cool sign of solidarity um i've heard that other teams in the epl like everybody's throwing up uh ukraine flags and i'm, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more I'm, i know i'm skipping yeah, some I'm just a few of them in here but um, can hit <clears throat> excuse me uh man city and everton played uh, and each has a player from from ukraine um right. so before before the game the two actually both of these guys walked out of their locker rooms and kind of met in center field and hugged and, and spoke for a little bit um but pre-game they talked to, to pep guardiola and he was saying you know we've we've made it clear to both of these guys, but especially our guy that, you know, we have their back. We're here to support him as he deals with, you know, getting messages from back home. Um, nice. But, but both clubs came out uh, with Ukraine flags around their shoulders and uh, were throwing all their support behind both of those guys. So that was good to see. Was this the one where, um, uh, who's captain for city? I can't think right now, but was wearing a, a Ukraine flag for the captain's armband. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot more. It, it's just, again, I, I can't stress enough how, how good the MIB episodes are with, with Roger because he, uh, he just really gets into the whole thing and, and basically, basically analyzes this as kind of a big point of reckoning within UEFA and FIFA and how this is not going to go away and we're going to see more and more actions and more and more uh, demonstrations, whether it's simple things like, the armband or wearing the flag or, or I don't know who knows where it's going to go, but listen to those, please. They're really good. Yeah. In addition, um, you know, there's all the other teams that have national teams that have said that they're not going to play against Russia in any uh, coming tournament. Right. That's correct. Well, he brings that up as well. Like, yeah. You have like, you have has actually done something. So like the big question is what's FIFA going to do. And I think all of us here and probably everybody listening is probably pretty set on very little to nothing. However, now that FIFA or whether UEFA has done something, maybe that pushes Infantino a little bit. I mean, who knows? But you think oh, of all sure. the 
I'm Good. just waiting for FIFA to uh, come down on one of these clubs that's changing their stadium colors to, to blue and yellow and yep. waiting for mm. FIFA to come out and say, uh, you know, don't, can't no do that. <laughs> no political displays, please. No political displays, uh, please. I mean, they think how scared they've got to be right now because with this happening, you know, if, if there's enough uh, protesting and, and, like really high profile players like going out there and not denouncing this there's going to be a yeah. direct line to the denunciation of the world cup in qatar and everything that's happened wow. there and all the dirty money there as well so i mean they have got to be like kind of crap in their pants and good good i mean like, i mean the, the, i think i think that's a that's a good thought to have but i don't think that's plausible at all <laughs> come on rodrigo I mean, I, I, mean, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you would think it is definitely like this. This is a direct line to FIFA, but but yeah, I'm I'm with Rodrigo. <laughs> unless unless Qatar decides to invade and declare war on some other, you know, or like or like to keep all the oil hostage and not you know reasonably, I mean, then they've already. Things. They've already made it clear that they don't care about human rights. So why right. why would they care right. about what Russia does to exactly. Ukraine? But I just thought it was really interesting. Like, you know, you have, uh, what is it? The Czech Republic, Sweden, um, Poland, Poland. You know, it's just like the list keeps on growing and growing. And that's, that's you know, and that's going to be really interesting and important to figure out what happens uh, in the coming weeks, if not, you know, hopefully weeks. But in that months, because we don't want this conflict to, you know, this invasion, and all things to take take so much life away in such a short time. So it's just one of those things, you know, like soccer is like a unified moment, and right now, at least the UFI is showing that that is that is true, right? That you know, that you know, this is this is bigger than soccer. So yeah. Even if it's minimal stuff, I mean, at least at least they did something, which is which is nice to see. Um, I'll do this one first because it's kind of sad news here with uh, Bahia. I, I don't. I'm still trying to get more information from this, but they were in their uh, bus and somebody put a bomb in that bus and it blew up and there were multiple players injured. Uh, apparently, the, the keeper Danilo Fernandes is on life support. Not good. Uh, so I'll I'll yeah I know. Who knows. I don't know. Like, I don't know where the investigation is. I don't know where things are going, but that just, that's terrible. You don't want to see that. So I'll, I'll, I'll stay, uh, I'll stay, pay attention to that one. And as, as I get updates, I'll add it. But uh, of course we send our, our thoughts with the players and, and the club and yeah, stop bombing people, man. Stop, stop the violence. Stop the violence. Um, this will come as a shock to absolutely no one. Rodrigo, what happened here? You know what happened. You know exactly what happened. It's it's time. It's time. Swap them out. Let's go. Oh, what's uh, who who are we? Who's in line for the next move? Right. Well, I I, I will just start by saying we don't talk about Uno. Yeah, we don't talk about Uno enough. You're right. You're right. We don't. Not Uno. It's Bruno. It really is Bruno. The new coach is Bruno Pivetti. I know very little about him. I think he, he coached the uh, uh, Serie B team. He's he's younger. And then they got a new uh, technical director, too, this Powell guy. So let's see what they can do in two months before things really get rolling. But he's he's under pressure because, like, right away, they're, they're doing fine now. They got it together for the state tournament. But they're going to go right into Copa do Brasil. And 
you know, they don't want to get knocked out by like an eighth division team right away. So we'll see what so, happens. So Bruno is the is a, is a coach, right? Yep. The other guy's the like the the technical guy or the man. Is guy. it just me or like in the flyer that you shared with us? It looks like they're making uh, is it Paolo, right? Or Paolo yeah. look yeah. like more important, more bigger than the coach itself. <laughs> yeah. So then, like yeah. when I, I see that that's, when I that's when I saw be fired in two months that's right <laughs> <laughs> see bridge just got it <laughs> just, that's exactly it spot do, on do we even need to post a picture of the new coach anymore yeah. nah just 100 percent. 100 just superimpose um, the, the head of a clown in there and then we're fine pretty much this this is out also out of brazil which i thought was just absolutely insane i, I had to do some research to actually convince myself this is real this goes back to Chapecoense and the the tragedy with the the plane crash and everybody um one of the survivors his name's um Alan Huchel so apparently he was sued by the club and has to at least for now pay because as a survivor you know he he was being asked to to, to speak about the experience and talk about essentially surviving the trauma and all the stuff he's gone through to kind of get it together and go back to playing and blah, blah, blah. And okay, maybe he has made a little bit of money doing that, right? You're going to be a paid speaker. Great. The club is now saying, oh, that's actually club money. All that that you've made needs to come back to us. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I survived a massive near-death experience and you want to take what little I'm getting from like my speaking events or whatever and take it back? Batshit. I like how is this even happening? And so like, Lord. it's in a legal, I know it's, so he's, it's in a whole new legal process. Obviously it's not settled, but this is what's happening. It just blew my mind. I had to reread it like five times. Sad, 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 sad. Uh, is the word they use, which is perfect. They revolting, revolting declaration. Um, this is my happiness one. And that's Umar Bridget. You got a nice one to end on. Uh, Neymar was recently asked if he would like to play in the MLS and he says sure it's a shorter season I get three months off for Carnival let's go <laughs> vacation league perfect perfect <laughs> I, I, I don't uh, yeah I don't I don't have anything that tops that so I think I think we're, we're set on that one so right on I did not I said Rodrigo. I called you Rodrigo. Pretty sure I did. We'll find out. We'll find out sooner or later. <laughs> we will. Well, right on, everybody. Um, that and double. <laughs> yeah. I got editing power, <laughs> He'll edit it out. He's like, no. He'll like superimpose his voice. Rodrigo. Umar. Rodrigo. That's what I said. Rodrigo. I was like, oh. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you, Bridget and Rodrigo. And we hope you enjoy. You're, you're going to get a, a double episode situation here. Um, so please enjoy the special as well. And if you want to support this uh, fun little work we do here, it is patreon.com backslash mnfootballshow. Uh, we appreciate all you patrons that are there. Um, see if we get some clips to throw up there as well. Um, but yeah. It's been a long one for us, but we're, we're happy to get out the, uh, the good stuff for you all. And we're in it now with MLS. We'll go from there. Yeah. All right. Be safe, everybody. And uh, send your, your thoughts and solidarity to the, the folks doing the, the good work there in, in Ukraine and everywhere else. Um, 
it's such a complicated situation because I mean, there are some pretty bad actors on both sides. So be very careful uh, if, if you donate money. Uh, I will say this because there are a lot of fascists and Nazis on the right, Ukraine yeah. side mm-hmm. that are posing not so much as and like lots of people from here are throwing them like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Don't do that. Double check your sources, please. <laughs> just uh, just send cryptocurrency. That's all you should need to do. That's yeah. 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 Bitcoin really all over. Need, uh, really need Bitcoin right now. Yep. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Ciao, ciao. Bye bye.